Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. And hello everyone, I'm Carlos Silva from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, the sports editor at the newspaper, bringing you another edition, or the first edition of the 2019 version of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Welcome welcome to you and welcome to all. We've got Alexis Cubit, our new high school sports reporter here with us, so we're going to chat a little bit of high school football, a little bit of volleyball if we kind of get into that mode for a little bit, but we're going to get to know her a little bit so you can kind of see where she's coming from and who you'll see out at high school football games, high school volleyball games, and all the other high school sports that we cover here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. But for those that are looking for a little bit more of a high school football flavor, in our second portion of this podcast, we're going to talk with Estacado head coach Joel Cooley. I'll chat with him about his team, Jeremiah Dobbins, it's a great thousand-yard running back, and kind of the defense that everyone is expecting to be a really good one going into the season with Cedric Colbert and some other athletes as well. But before we do that, Alexis, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Carlos. Nice to be at the AJ. Yeah, I know it was kind of tough to get you on here. I know uh, you're only two two deaths away from me, so I I, I know uh, it was tough to get you on here. But I guess just to kind of start things off. Uh, I know I know a little bit about your background, but before you were the Plainview sports editor, obviously that entails a lot of things. So I guess what did you kind of know about West Texas before you got to Plainview, and what did you learn about Plainview at that point? Honestly, I really didn't know a whole lot about West Texas. Um, I you know, obviously knew tech, but I didn't really know about mm-hmm. the surrounding areas. Um, then when I got here, it was just kind of really different, but a good different coming mm-hmm. from uh, Minnesota where I was before this. Obviously a lot warmer here, which is nicer. Um, and then just the overall community is kind of the same type of feel that you would expect from, you know, Texas as far as the southern hospitality and just kind of nobody really knows strangers and just being really, really helpful, which is nice as someone that's coming in, you know, pretty much by myself. Absolutely. And then, of course, uh, you were Plainview before, the sports mm-hmm. editor there, as I mentioned. In Minnesota, you were also a high school sports reporter. So I guess if you could just speak to the amount of teams you covered at those two places, uh, Plainview, I would guess it was just Plainview, a little bit of Wayland Baptist and some others. But how many teams did you cover in Minnesota? And I guess what, what uh, sports have you covered so far? Minnesota, it was a lot less. We only covered five high schools, I believe. Uh, one of them was kind of one of those, uh, you call it a co-op, I guess, where it's Several smaller schools kind of made up into one team. Yeah. So, um, yeah, up there it was obviously, of course, you know, the football, volleyball. Of course. They also had gymnastics, mm-hmm. uh, wrestling, um, hockey, of course, is big up in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the hockey team I covered, you know, had some other things, but um, that's pretty much it there. Um, so I was kind of used to covering um, a lot of sports, I guess, but – Coming to Plainview was a lot more school, so a lot more uh, discipline and dedication in terms of just time management yep. and just kind of trying to spread the coverage as evenly as possible, which, I mean, you can never really get to everybody, obviously, yep. 
but um, I, I did my best. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it was just a really good, really good experience. Well, certainly the experience of doing a high school football tab, your first one was certainly one that uh, I know kind of took you by surprise when I told you, oh, that's going to be 48 pages and uh, you have to basically write all of it. So I'm sure you were happy with me that day, but you were certainly <laughs> happy with me about a couple days ago when we finally put that to press. And for those that are looking for that, that'll come out on August the 18th, the Sunday, and you can get all the information and previews and highlights and features and all the other stuff that you expect from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and the high school football tab. But speaking of high school football, I know you mentioned it before, you're a little bit aware of how Texas and football works. I know yeah. everyone gives me grief for my uh I guess my diploma from UTEP. So where did you graduate from and how did you kind of get there? Yeah, so I actually attended Baylor University. I was kind of taboo in, in Raider Nation. Right. Um, I actually, it's funny because I went to Baylor as a pre-med student, as I'm pretty sure like 98% of Baylor students, you know, go there for. Yep. Um, and then my sophomore year, I switched to journalism. And so it was kind of right on the cusp of, uh, you know, pretty much Baylor Athletics kind of getting back into decent right exactly mm -hmm. in in a lot of different sports depending on how you see it of course depending on what you see but obviously right. they, they're at a, a different level now they're getting better with matt rule now yeah. at, the, at the helm you got of course uh scott drew with the men's basketball mm -hmm. program of course uh, i'm trying to remember her name right now kim mulkey uh, with the women's yeah. basketball program so certainly things are there at a high level, but not as high a level as uh, Texas Tech has shown, at least in the spring, with the way that they got the national uh, right. championship with the men's track. Basketball, of course, going to the Final Four and then the national championship, and then Tech baseball going to its fourth College World Series in mm -hmm. six years. But as I mentioned before, you know what Texas high school football is about here so far because you went to Baylor. Right. In Waco, there's obviously some pretty good teams around that area. I guess, do you kind of have any memories from that, or did you kind of – what, were you able to cover any high school football around there at that point? Yeah, so I actually had an internship um, at the ESPN flagship station there. It was the first semester, actually, my first full semester as a journalism student. And um, we got to cover Midway High School, which is, I want to say they are a 6A Division One program. I'll have to go back and check that out. But for anybody that knows Midway, um, they had a really good program. Terry Gamble, mm -hmm. who's now at Allen, was the head coach there. And you know, I just kind of really fell on luck to where that season um, they didn't lose a game up until I believe it was the regional quarterfinals, I mm -hmm. want to say. Uh, actually, Kim Mulkey's son, Kramer Robinson, was the quarterback at that point. Um, so it was just a really, really fun year. Of course, I mean, you have a team that, you know, wins a district championship, goes undefeated, and that last game they played up against, I mean, I think they had like 10 D1 players. I believe mm -hmm. it was DeSoto. And so um, that's kind of always something that stuck out in my mind because – Number one, like I said, it was my first sports internship. Yep. Um, I had just kind of really made that big life decision. And to have kind of that kind of season to cover it, it was just really exciting. And that, you know, obviously covering something like that, I mean, who would hate yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you know, high school football after that? So it just kind of cemented, I guess, that special place in my heart for Texas football. Shout out to David Smoke and all them over there. Yeah. Obviously good people. Um, I guess just to kind of switch things a little bit, I know it, we're going back and forth here, but I guess going to Plainview, covering Plainview, the Bulldogs, mm -hmm. of course, they're in Class 5A uh, with Lubbock Cooper at one point. Now, Lubbock Cooper, of course, moved with the with the uh, bi uh, biannual uh, redistricting and kind of all the other stuff that goes uh, biannual. Uh, I'm trying to think of what it's called. Realignment. Right there you go. Yeah. It, it's a big word. There's a reason I'm a journalist. Um, but in terms of that, things changed. 
obviously you're here now with uh, the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. We got about, uh, I want to say, 30-plus teams that you cover with uh, high school football, 60-plus counties. You can make all the numbers you want. Obviously, as you mentioned, with the time management, uh, you obviously kind of worked that pretty well with the high school football preview. I guess for you, what what were some of the biggest storylines that you kind of learned from our area talking to teams like Coronado, Mm -hmm. Estacado, even friendship that's kind of looking to kind of take that next step as well in class 6A. Yeah, I mean, I think you have a lot of promise in a lot of programs. I mean, coaches are always going to be really excited about, you know, what their teams bring. But I think yeah. a lot of them do have good reason. Yeah. You know, just kind of looking back as far as records go, or even from afar in plain view, obviously seeing like Lubbock, Cooper, mm-hmm. um, you know, these teams are, are pretty stacked. Uh, they lost some people, of course, but I think they'll they'll be fine as far as regrouping. Um, even, you know, like the, the Estacados or, um, you know, the Lubbock Highs or schools like that where you kind of, like I said, kind of see them from afar. I think mm-hmm. everybody will I think everybody will be okay um, as far as that goes. I'm looking forward to covering a lot of the schools now. Being in this area, you have a lot of just tremendous athletes with a lot of talent. Um, they're excited. Their coaches are excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just kind of looking for uh, forward to being closer in and, you know, getting to see all of that excitement on the field and put into action, you know, just kind of seeing those words put into play. So we're recording this on Tuesday, that being August the 13th, and uh, your story on Donovan Smith, the transfer from uh, Las Vegas to Mm -hmm. Bishop Gorman to Friendship is obviously a pretty big storyline, at least for Jay Northcutt and the Tigers. I guess what did you learn about uh, Donovan Smith from that story and just uh, what have you kind of seen from the Tigers who, as I mentioned before, they're looking for that breakthrough season, but certainly if you got a quarterback of the caliber of Donovan Smith, that has to help you. Yeah. You know, I really enjoy talking to Donovan. I kind of saw a lot of, uh, it sounds weird to say, but I saw a lot of myself in him just remembering how it was when I came to Texas the first time and just the different adjustments. Um, You go out there and watch him and, you know, just like I wrote in my story, Jay Northcutt was right. Like, you watch him play and you realize he is a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, his motions are smooth. He just mm-hmm. looks comfortable back there. And I, from what I could tell, you know, they have some good size that should help mm-hmm. out on the line. Yep. Obviously some good receivers, you know, with uh, Drew Hoka. And then you have, you know, Daniel Garland coming back as far mm-hmm. as that goes. So, um, you know, just like they said, they have the pieces that are now being put together. And it's just a matter of kind of executing and, and going out there and, you know, they're going to come in as the underdog, obviously, just yeah. because of, you know, the last couple years. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you look at two years ago, and from what I heard, when they lost, or they didn't win a game, rather. Correct. And then last year they won three games. And, mm-hmm. you know, whereas to the outside person, that may not look like, quote-unquote, a lot of progress. But when you figure the kind of district they were in with, like, you know, Tesco and stuff like that, I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's good for them. So um, I'm really excited to see uh, – you know, all those pieces come together for them and just kind of what they can go out there and do. And, you know, this will be kind of a now or never year. So it'll be fun to see. I know there's a word that's thrown out there a lot when you kind of cover Division One programs, but I think it's starting to kind of permeate a little bit into high school, and that's culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Jay Northcutt has been able to do the last couple of years. And I think that's uh, what the, the, the friendship program has kind of understood is when they got the new coach with Jay Northcutt, offensive mind that's going to throw the ball a lot. The offense is going to be really good, obviously, if, if you're able to get the pieces that you need, which I think they have with Donovan Smith, mm-hmm. as we've kind of alluded to, Daniel Garland, Drew Hocutt, and all that. And I think it, it's going to be interesting to see, yes, once they get to district, you mentioned Tascosa, you, you look at Odessa Permian, uh, Midland High, Midland Lee. It's a lot of tough teams, but right. I, I think now when you have that culture of they're not – 
going into this hoping to win. They're expecting to win. And I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that Jay Northcutt had told me last year uh, that really kind of made him feel like things are turning around for him going into that third, fourth year. I think that's when coaches really kind of see what they have in terms of the kids, the buy-in and kind of all that. And yeah. I think they are all bought in. For Speaking sure. of all bought in, uh, I guess New Deal. Mm-hmm. I know you spoke to Coach Matt Hill, Dylan Jordan, and some other guys as well. In terms of uh, what, what you see from those guys, I guess, what, what are you kind of expecting from them following a, a year where they went to the Class 2A Division One state title game? I think they'll be, they'll, you know, have the, the right pieces as far as to do well. Um, you know, they lost, obviously, a lot as far as skills-wise with Jet and then DK, but... You know, you have a lot of, from what at least I saw, you do still have a lot of experience coming back. Yeah. It may not be the experience that they had, but, I mean, Dylan Jordan got some playing time. Hayden Cottle there mm-hmm. at quarterback got some playing time. You have Lyric Eaton, who mm-hmm. was only a freshman, and what was it, like almost 200 tackles or 160? Pretty close. Like it that. was about 150 plus. It's yeah. not bad. Just, I mean, for a freshman, you know, coming into their first varsity season, so... You know, I think that they'll they have a good chance at repeating as the district champions. I know you talk to other teams in that district and you talk to Coach Hill and they'll say, you know, well, it's anybody's district to win, which is true. That's a fair assessment because you don't want to, you know, be, I guess, cocky about it. But Mm -hmm. I think they have uh, a really good chance of, you know, making another deep run, whether that be, you know, getting to state or regional Mm -hmm. quarterfinals or whatever that be. But um yeah, I mean, the first couple of weeks obviously will be very telling as far as how those guys kind of uh, move with, mm-hmm. you know, some guys stepping up in, you know, those positions. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for them to, to go pretty far this year again. It'll all depend on how Sundown runs that because right. obviously Christian Huey coming back was a huge deal for him, and we'll see uh, how the old Roughnecks do. I know they, they're, they're pretty cool. I, I like Coach Adam Cummings previously to Hale Center, mm-hmm. uh, developed a good relationship with him, and I knew there was going to be some success for the Sundown Roughnecks just because of all the talent they had in terms of all the athletes. They lost a lot last year. I know uh, that, that that's one thing everyone's kind of wondering is, uh, will Stephen Quintanilla, the loss of him and some other guys kind of hurt him? But I think when you got Christian Huey, Dylan Day, who's going to be there on the offensive line, and some of the other skill position players, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that game goes against New Deal because mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, I think usually those are pretty – pretty close just because of the way the offense is placed. It's a matter of which defense really kind of makes the plays. So Yeah, that's kind of one I, I noticed from afar last year um, mm-hmm. covering Florida and yeah. Holton. Um, I, honestly, I wanted to go to that game and just yeah. see how, how they played against each other. Um, yeah. Like I said, of course, I wasn't able to go, but it was just kind of fun to, to see that score and just kind of see how they went through the district against other opponents and then once they played against each other and how that kind of panned out. So some rapid-fire stuff that I didn't tell you, as everyone kind of knows as I do the podcast, when I do do the podcast uh, with people, favorite uh, places you've had uh, some bites to eat so far in Lubbock, and what, what are some places you would suggest that people uh, kind of that maybe are not from Lubbock kind of go to? Yeah, oh, I ask everybody that question. I'll have to answer it. Um, I would say my favorite burger place is the Craft House. They have a really good Texas burger. Look at you. Um, I went to Picante's the other day. And that was pretty good. Yep. I got that recommendation from some coworkers, and actually, uh, Coronado coach Seth Parr told me about Picantes. Yeah, he's he he's a aficionado of the old Mexican food. Yeah, yeah. So those are a couple, and then of course, like the chains, like the BJ's, Chewy's, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, all stuff like that. That's but. lame. I'm expecting more local <laughs> stuff in a couple of weeks, but 
In terms of that, I guess uh, any games you're looking forward to, I know you've looked at the schedules. I know that the big one everyone's going to be talking about is Estacado Coronado. I'll mm-hmm. talk to Joe Cooley about that a little bit in our second segment. But I guess any games that really kind of stick out to you, I know there's a lot of them, but anything that really stands out. Yeah, I think the friendship Lubbock Cooper one might be kind of interesting. Um, just kind of seeing, obviously, Lubbock Cooper lost their quarterback. Chip Darden is new there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kind of, the like we talked about, what friendship brings That'll be kind of an interesting one. Again, the New Deal sundown situation would be, you know, ideal to kind of check that one out. Um, those are the games that kind of stick out right now. I have to go back and and look at the schedule some more. Try to you know get more familiar with six man football, which is also new to me for uh, this season. There's a lot of scoring. Just know that. Yes, yes, I found that out. And then there's a 35 point rule, which I didn't realize. 45. 45. Yeah, yeah. good old 45. I found that out and thought the fans were just kind of deserting their team. So that was fun last year. No, the 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 best part about it is. Not only do the fans quote unquote desert the team, the sports writer gets to leave early. Right. That's the best part about so it. So that but. was that was an advantage that I found out about six man football. So uh looking forward to covering some of those programs like Borden County. Yep. Obviously them going for their twelfth district title. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the thirteenth, so it's not a jinx yet. Yeah. But uh it, it should be it should be a good season with, you know, Cam Edwards and uh, Will Yarbrough coming mm-hmm. back, Coach Richie talked about them and you know, a lot of other guys, so it should be good. It was a good conversation with you, Alexis. Hopefully, we'll do this again uh, as as we do uh, as we started last year. We'll do these uh, probably weekly, at least once a week. For right now, we'll see what the schedule looks like in terms of what we can get. We'll talk a little bit of volleyball probably on the next one. We got a little bit into football right now, just to kind of get a little bit to know about you. Anything else you wanted to kind of shout out before we kind of kind of call this one a day? And I talked to Joe Cooley. Uh, well, just want to thank you for the opportunity to, to to come and work at the AJ. Everybody's been great and. Looking forward to a really good school year. And uh, FYI, it is Alexis, not Alex. (laughs) Yes, I am a woman. (laughs) There there you go. It's all good. I I, I just wanted to get that in there because you got fired up about it, and it was pretty funny. Yeah. But uh, on that note, appreciate you all listening. And like I said, in a couple or uh, right after the short break, we'll talk to Joe Cooley of Estacado. And welcome back to the Lone Star Varsity Podcast, our second portion of the podcast. And here we've got Estacado Head coach Joe Cooley, how you doing, coach? Man, I'm doing good. I'm uh, just off the practice field, trying to cool down. No, yeah, hey, obviously it's it's been pretty hot the last couple of days in Lubbock, but it's funny you mention that because we've talked about this before. Do you kind of feel like that West Texas heat or sometimes that West Texas wind kind of brings a little bit of that toughness that you guys always talk about? Man, absolutely. I tell you what, it made me tougher yesterday. Uh, yesterday was about as hot a day as I've ever had coaching. Um, I was. Uh, sitting there talking to our coaches after practice, and I was saying, man, I, I needed water breaks yesterday. It was bad yesterday, but, uh, man, it does. You know, anytime you, it, it makes you sweat and, and, and you got to push through some things, and especially I was telling our kids, like, we're going to play teams that are bigger than us yeah. really all the way through our, our pre-district schedule, and they're going to have people that can go ones and twos and threes, and we're not going to have that ability. And so our kids got to be in better shape. So it's, uh, it, it's definitely been good for that. Well, certainly you guys have had some uh, recent success. Obviously, last year you guys won nine games, got to the regional semis. Obviously, you guys are looking for a little bit more this year, I guess. How do you uh, kind of feel? I know every coach is going to be happy with what they see, but just in terms of what you have coming back, you got Kiki, you got Papa Blewett. I guess it seems like, at least on paper, you guys have a, a lot of things that can say that there's going to be success in your future. Yeah, you know, we do. We we have the right pieces, and it just it, every team's different. Yeah. Um, you know, it comes down to – how do those pieces fit together? And we feel like we've got really good pieces to the puzzle. 
And then it's our job as coaches to, to put that puzzle together and, uh, and then obviously hopefully um, be able to improve that as we go on. But we, we definitely have, you know, um, pieces, Cedric Colbert, Papa Bluett, yep. Kiki Murray, um, Tadrian Moore, Jeremiah Essex, uh, Kale Glassby, and then offensively, um, you know, Jeremiah Dobbins, Jericho mm-hmm. Flores, TJ Steele. We, you know, w- one of the things that I feel like we've missed offensively is a true home run hitter yeah. and uh, a guy that can really stretch the defense, which most people just assume that we have because the type of kids we have. Yeah. And uh, we have one now. And TJ Steele's a kid that, you know, is a 10 6 kid and can really blow the top off of the defense and has had a great offseason and, and a great start to the year uh, at receiver. And so we're excited about him. And correct me if I'm wrong, he was on uh, some relays, right, for track? Yeah. Yeah, he 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 can have, he was our our anchor leg and our uh, our four by one, and then uh, he went to regionals, I believe, in the hundred, mm-hmm. and probably would have qualified for state, but he false started, and so gotcha. um, he's a uh, he's a big, strong kid, you know, probably six foot, uh, a buck eighty five, buck yeah. ninety, and uh, can absolutely fly, and so uh, it, it's been good for our corners to see that also. Um, but it's been really good for our quarterbacks to get that confidence to be able to throw it up and let him run underneath it. So I know everyone's always going to talk about the offense, but I know you just with your defensive background, how do you feel about the defense? I know you mentioned some of those guys, but it just seems like you guys have so much coming back from last year of a team that it seemed like shutouts were just something that, 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 that they just took pride in last year. Yeah, we do. You know, it's one of those deals and and we do a lot of situational football here and uh, being a practices. And so we do a whole bunch of trying to back our offense up, but also back our defense up and play when, Hey, they got first and go on the five. Something bad happened. They blocked the punt. They, they drove the field. They, there was an interception or a turnover, um, you know, and we got to get, we got to get stops. And so um, I think our kids take pride in that and like kind of that not giving an inch and, uh, and they really trust each other. And our defense is, is very senior laden. And so uh, we feel like it's it's going to be a big time strength for us. Um, obviously, a lot of that comes down to you know communication and doing the little things right. But I think that we have the type of kids that we're going to be able to do that stuff. And so it's been really exciting the battles in the offense and defense uh, so far this this you know first week and a half. Um, but uh, we're we're very very excited about our defense and think we have a chance to be pretty special. Switching it back to the offense, I know there's going to be a lot of words and a lot of people that kind of mention the name Jeremiah Dobbins, but I. I I honestly think uh, the guy that's really going to kind of make things go is Jalen Dobbins, your quarterback. Yeah. How, how has he kind of improved the last couple of years? I know uh, accuracy was one thing that he really talked to me about wanting to fix. I guess how have you right. kind of seen him kind of work on that? Right. Well, um, you know, it's one of those deals that, that Jalen was a sophomore last year, yeah. and he was a sophomore with a bunch of seniors around him. And uh, and I think that was, you know, kind of intimidating. And, and I'll say this, right now Jalen's in a battle with uh, – a. Uh, uh, Colby Sims, gotcha. who's a freshman, about to be a mm-hmm. sophomore for that starting spot. Um, but uh, but Jalen's done a really good job. He's kind of, uh, uh, I feel like, he's taken more of a leadership role. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like he's he's really kind of set, like decided, like, I'm the quarterback and really wants to be that guy. And so he's going to have to earn it because that young kid uh, who's Bo Sims' younger brother, who's yep. our starting quarterback here for three years, um, is really, really good also. Um, but uh, Jalen's definitely taking a step, I feel like, in the right direction. And um, he, he has the tools. He's got a big-time arm. Um, he can run. And I think as a coaching staff, we underutilized some of his strengths last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like this year we're, we've done a much more much more conscious of what his strengths are and then allow him to play for the, to the strengths. You know, Jalen's 
not going to, he, he's not going to be most successful if we drop back and throw the ball 60 times a game. He's yeah. about to make three and five step drops. He's going to be really successful if we can run the ball and, mm-hmm. and roll, roll him out, sprint him out, and then mix in some of the three and five step, step drop stuff. And uh, we're, we're excited about where he is right now. He, he's really had a good fall camp. Well, certainly there's going to be a lot of competition at the quarterback spot and some other spots with all the young guys kind of coming up, Coach. I guess just from your perspective, during two-a-days or even during off-seasons or during the summer with seven-on-seven, were there any young guys that really kind of stood out to you? I know some some names that I've kind of heard just kind of coming out were Ronald Ross. I don't know if there's anyone else that really kind of stepped up. I know TJ Steele was someone I, I knew could have stepped up just because of the way he kind of ran last year in track, but, but I guess is there someone that we're not talking about? I'm sorry, Carlos. Say that last part again, man. I lost you. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, I guess just uh, have you kind of seen anyone that stepped up during two-a-days being an underclassman that could kind of kind of push for that? As you kind of mentioned, the quarterback spot looks to be right. something there. Right. Well, um, I'll say this. Uh, you mentioned Ronald Ross. Um, yeah. Definitely a, a big-time kid and a big-time playmaker. Um, you know, uh, was a running back for our freshman team last year. Mm-hmm. That uh, We lost one game and um, they started a middle linebacker. We actually um, are, are – Leaning on him pretty heavily in some things. We're actually cross training him in a few different positions because he's mm. he's just a special athlete. Yeah. Um. And uh, uh, we have some young linemen that are stepping up. I would say right now we got a left tackle named Jihad Latif mm-hmm. that I think a whole lot of people are going to be going to know who he is after this year. Um. He's probably you know six three or six four and about two hundred and forty two hundred fifty pounds and uh, he's a about to be a sophomore. We start school tomorrow. He'll be a sophomore, mm-hmm. and uh, he he has a chance to be a really really special offensive lineman, um, and I think a big time Division one prospect. Um, and uh, we that that freshman class that are about to be sophomores. There's some really good players, and there's some really good players that people aren't going to know about this year because they're playing behind really yeah. good players. Yeah. So um, it's uh, we're we're excited about that whole group. But Ronald and Jihad, uh, from an offensive standpoint and defensive standpoint, to me are the two that have stood out the most. Well, it seems like we've got a lot of a, a lot of kind of words on your team, Coach. Uh, j- just kind of asking some big things. I know you kind of alluded to it, but it seems like uh, you guys are really going to challenge yourself this year. You mentioned it in the non-district schedule, and it really starts off with that first game with the yeah. with the uh, in-town rival who you guys battled pretty well for a couple quarters, just the, the way you guys kind of handled them on the offensive-defensive line, and they really yeah, kind of made things you know, go last year with Coronado. right. Right. Um, yeah, it, that game, that game is so frustrating to look back on because yeah. I really feel like defensively we played pretty well, but the scoreboard showed something different. Yeah. And uh, uh, offensively, we really struggled in that game. You know, we uh, uh, we scored from the one yard line after a big defensive turnover, mm-hmm. and then we scored on the last play of the half. Um, uh, um, and, and they didn't score in the second half at all. And so uh, I think going into the fourth quarter, that was a, like a 10-point game, yeah. something like that, mm-hmm. that um, or, or maybe a 12- or 14-point game. It was a two-possession game, Correct. and uh, just the wheels kind of came off at the end. And so uh, I, anytime you play uh, a coach par coach team, you're going to play a team that's extremely well-prepared, yep. is dynamic offensively. Um, and then they moved, you know, what I would consider, you know, their their best coach, you know, with Coach Parr. Um, Coach Ramos over to, to the defensive side. He's the defensive coordinator. Yeah. So um, I expect there to be a significant improvement defensively for them. Not that they were bad last year, yep. but that I think they're going to be better this year. And so um, it's going to be a big, big challenge for us. And also part of that is, is, you know, they have three times as many kids as we do. And so yeah. there's going to be the the effect of in the third and fourth quarter, can we be in good enough shape to not get tired when they're mm-hmm. rolling in their twos and threes that are also really good and are fresh and so that's and we've talked about it and that's gonna be a big challenge to our kids and to our coaches and stuff but um i think we can respond to it 
Last one from me, Coach. I know you're kind of known for your motivational speeches, so keep it a little bit PG <laughs> for us here on the old podcast. But I guess what's been the message to your kids going into this year, especially after the success that some of these guys have already had, especially some of the underclassmen that are now right. upperclassmen? Well, you know, the to, to me, the biggest thing is, is that, it, you know, last year doesn't matter. There's no seniors that run last year's team that are walking yep. through that door. Um, we're our own team, and everybody will remember us as our own team. And good, bad, or bad, people are going to remember who you were. And so we're trying to get 1% better every day. Every mm-hmm. practice, I tell them, can we get 1% better today? And then did we get 1% better today? And if we can do that, we've got a chance to be really good at the end of the year. Because, I, you know, we don't have to win a state championship tomorrow. We don't have to win one a week from now. We don't have to win one three weeks from now. But if we continue to get better, then we will line ourselves up in the playoffs and in district to get that opportunity to go play and play for a long time if we continue to get better and if our leadership sticks. And talk to them a whole lot about good teams are coach-led and elite teams are Mm player-led. And our kids have done a really good job of leading. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a 24 seven, 365 deal. And so we need our kids to be leading all the time and our, and our, and our coaches, uh, to allow our kids to lead. And our coaching staff's done a great job of that. Uh, when, when there are situations where our kids can step up and lead and our kids are doing it, our coaches are allowing them to do it. So I think that builds that community and that, that family atmosphere we talk about on our team and that our kids feel responsible for one another. You don't want to let, you don't want to not do it because you're, you're going to let your coach down. You want to do it because you don't want to let your buddy down. You don't let your best friend down. You know, a guy that you're bleeding with and, and, and you've cried with and that you grinded with for the last, you know, nine months. And so um, we've uh, we've discussed that a whole, whole bunch. And, and, and right now it's paying off. We just got to keep going. Once again, that's uh, Joe Cooley, the head coach of the Estacado Matadors. Appreciate the time, Coach. I'll let you go get yourself an ice bath after these hot, hot days, man. <laughs> I sure appreciate it, Carlos. Thank you. All right. You have a good one. Once again, that's right, Joe Cooley of the Estacado football team. Appreciate him being on the Lone Star Varsity podcast. We'll talk to you all next week.